right, today we have the privilege of hearing from Eugene Kwok. Eugene is the husband of Joyce and the father of Evelyn and Ewan. Um, Eugene and Joyce shepherd the Thailand House Church. And Eugene is so often working behind the scenes in, scenes in ways that most of us don't even know. I can say that I've learned so much from Eugene's humble and committed heart to serve the church, whether it's through cleaning, setting up for events, and now becoming an elder. He's currently training weekly with Chris Lee as our two elder candidates. As a way to continue to get to know them, we'll be hearing from Eugene's testimony of God's grace in his life and how he came to know the Lord. Would you join me as we give a warm welcome to Eugene as he comes up to chair? Thank you, uh, Shepherd Eunice, for such kind and encouraging words. Um, hello, Harvest family. Uh, as uh, Eunice shared, my name is Eugene Kwok. Uh, for those whom I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, um, yeah, husband to Joyce, father of Evelyn and Ewan, and uh, yeah, this is my story. If I could borrow Shepherd Alex Pack's word, this is my rad story of how Jesus saved a wretch like me. Uh, Something you may not have known about me, uh, before I gave my life to Christ, um, I used to be part of a gang, okay? We have a picture back up here somewhere, okay? Okay, you guys. Uh, that's, uh, we, we, we call ourselves uh, OKP. We would say, OKP, like that, right? And uh, as you can see, we, we weren't a real gang. Um, if you're just wondering... That's me in the middle with all that hair, okay? So that's, that's proof here that I had a lot of hair. And then God at one point said, that's enough hair for you. Um, uh, OKP stood for Orlando Korean Presbyterians, you guys. That's how gangster we were, okay? Um, zero street cred there. Uh, you could even go as far as saying, I did not choose uh, the thug life, and the thug life did not choose me either, okay? And so no gangster to Christian testimony here. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, I, I grew up in the church. I actually, to be more specific, I grew up in this church ever since fifth grade, which is basically over 35 years I've been here. Um, and you've probably heard the saying, should we take that down? Everybody keeps looking at my hair. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's kind of distracting. Okay. Look at the no hair version. Here we go. Uh, you've, you've probably heard uh, the saying, right, uh, Going to church doesn't make you any more Christian than going to a garage makes you a car. And so even though I was always in church, my heart was far away from God. I knew about him, but lacked a personal relationship with him. I feared him, but I didn't love him. And deep down, I didn't think I was all that bad. Surely there were far worse sinners uh, than I. But as far as I was, Jesus was always near. And he was always working on my heart. Sometimes it was through the love of older brothers and sisters that he placed in my life to nurture and to show me the beauty of Christ. People like Matt Lim's father and mother. People like uh, Brother James Ye, his brother, Pastor Kenny Ye, both of whom are now in glory with Christ. Uh, his wife, Casey Ye, who's here um, but people like that, among many others, youth pastors, just a lot of godly men and women who loved Jesus and as a result loved younger people and wanted to show them how beautiful the cross was. I remember my friends going to retreats and 
coming back on fire for Jesus, something that I didn't have in my life. I remember one of my friends, uh, OKP, had gone to a store, some of us, and we stole some watches. I kind of wish I gave this testimony last year with my daughter sitting over there, but we, gave, we stole some watches, and uh, part of OKP went to the retreat, and I didn't go. And when one of my friends came back, uh, he, I found out that he threw his watch in the lake. And that retreat, he gave his life to Christ. And, you know, I was, I was like, man, why didn't you give me the watch, man? That's kind of a waste just throwing the lake. But, you know, he, he said, you know, I gave my life to Christ, and I, I can't have that watch. I had to repent for that. And it was something I didn't understand. Uh, these guys would come back, and, you know, I was young, and, you know, we would go to Bible study and sing praise and hear the Bible lesson. But really, I was excited just to hang out afterwards. But these guys, coming back on fire for Christ, they would come back, you know, sing praise, have our Bible study, and they would want to keep singing praise after that. And I just didn't understand what was going on. I remember Jesus radically transforming my older brother in college. Uh, my older brother to me was one of the coolest people I know. He had uh, really cool spiky hair. Uh, he drove this really cool fast car, and he could really uh, do this cool dance called the Cabbage Patch. And I laugh at what my qualifications were for cool at the time, but that was it. So if you have those three things, you can come and I'll give you your cool card uh, later. But the thing is, my brother changed when he went to college and he came back. And I remember one day we were watching a movie and I forget which movie it was, but you know, it was about, you know, the protagonist in this movie was having a rough time because of the decisions that he made throughout the course of the movie. And my brother turned to me and he said, you know why that guy's having a hard time? And I said, because he made bad decisions. He said, no, because he doesn't have Jesus in his life. And I was like, Okay, Billy Graham, this is just a movie here. Like, where did you go, Mr. Cool Guy? You know, and he basically, I always kind of laugh, but I feel like my cool brother became this geek who was so in love with Jesus that at any moment he would talk about Christ uh, to me. And so, though the process was gradual, Jesus was knocking on the door of my heart patiently, persistently, and, and lovingly. Uh, I remember the first year. Uh, I went to college, my first semester as a freshman, and, you know, because of all these things I'd seen, because I'd been going to church, I'd often wondered, what am I missing? And I was excited to go to the University of Florida and to attend the college Christian fellowship that my brother went to, thinking, okay, I'm going to change my life too. And I remember worshiping, I remember going to prayer meetings, but still, something was missing in my life. Uh, my, my first year, I stayed in a dorm. Uh, it was Murphy Dorm, for those who are UF people, uh, no air condition here in Florida. And I had two roommates in a double, so I shared a room with one, both upperclassmen, both devout Christians, on fire for Christ. And I remember I had a weird schedule along with my roommate that I shared the actual room with. Uh, I had second period, then I had fifth period. So I had this weird gap in between. So I would come back and eat breakfast. And you guys, this is long before the time of, like, cell phones were like smartphones where you're like looking up stuff and like there was no tv in the room nothing so I was so bored after second period and I just sat there eating breakfast and I remember you know the way my roommate's desk was and my desk our backs were to each other we were both facing opposite walls and I'm just eating my breakfast you know where we would casually converse here and there but I remember uh one day just you know I'm eating my cereal he's eating his and then he's just like oh man that's good this is oh that's so good right and I'm like, what is this guy doing? So at first, I, you know, I just kind of let it go. And I'm just like, okay, just eat your cereal. Just. 
And then he just, he just kept going at it. Oh, that's, that's lovely. That's awesome. And then I turned around and said, what are, you, I said, what are you eating, man? And he was reading the word of God as he ate breakfast. And it was just kind of encouraging. So I was like, oh, man, so I'm going to do that too because, you know, that my college fellowship gave us these devotions and stuff. And so I started doing that. Again, uh, no smartphone, nothing to distract me. Every day after second period, coming back, eating breakfast and being in God's word. And every day that devotion basically asked us two questions. As we read the passage, it would ask us, who is God in this passage and what is he saying to you? And so I realized that day by day as I sat at God's feet reading his word, he revealed to me that he was so much more than what I thought he was. The Zeus-type God in loincloth with lightning bolts waiting to, you know, strike me down when I sin. Uh, that wasn't him. He revealed to me through scripture that he was a friend as we go through this sermon series. He was a healer. He was my redeemer, my savior, all of these things. And I have to say, it was so humbling because I think as I read God's word, I realized, wow, what a holy God he is. And I think I had a friend who would always say to me, he would always be like, huge, I don't like reading the Bible, man. Every time I read the Bible, I feel bad, right? And I, and I get what he was saying because when we read the Bible, the Bible is meant to be like a mirror, right? When we read it, it shows us what we are, right? If I and bald, and I look in the mirror, I don't all of a sudden have hair. It reveals what's there and what's not there, right? And so as I read the Bible, God revealed in my heart that, man, you know, maybe I didn't commit murder like other people in the world, but surely I'd murdered people in my heart. Uh, he showed me that maybe I didn't do drugs, or I didn't drink or do these things, but I had taken things that were even more poisonous for my soul, for my heart. And so just in this place where I realized uh, the despair and the hopelessness of my sin, I realized it, it just, it drove me to the cross. It drove me to a Savior. And I realized then why my friends would love to sing praise songs, even after we already did. Why they would let go of the things that were, you know, objects of sin in their life that, you know, were accrued through sin, letting those things go. And so, uh, 26 years later, well past the, the, the years of college, um, I, you know, I just think about how it, it's still that same beautiful cross that allows me and drives me uh, to do all that I can for him. And I just want to close with just Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so, what a beautiful Savior we worship, church. Let's uh, uh, honor him today. Thank you. Amen.